God, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would always you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 127, the never-ending story audio commentary. Finally diving back in. We've been teasing it for a while, and now we're finally doing it. (laughs) Audio commentaries have returned. Everybody's favorite. Everybody's on board. (laughs) Actually... We're really just doing this in lieu of taking a week break. Yeah. It's giving me a little bit of a break as far as editing because oh, I, I don't not, have to go through the yeah. whole thing. Not having to edit is definitely like, it just lets your brain relax a little bit. Having said that, that should prepare our listeners for the horribleness that's about <laughs> to hit them. You're going to get every um, like, awkward pause, etc. because we're syncing this up with The NeverEnding Story, which is available on Hulu. Sure. Maybe other places. I thought it was on Prime, but I checked this morning and it's not. Interesting. I know at one point it was available on HBO Go or On Demand. I'm sure it's probably on some other premium channels. It's out there. You can have it on DVD or Blu-ray as well. We're going to be watching a Blu-ray it's copy. It's great, yeah. So It's a movie from my childhood. For those new listeners who maybe haven't gone back and listened to our older audio commentaries, I think we did three other ones. Is that right? I can yeah. think of two. Uh, Back to the Future Part 2 is the (laughs) the most throwaway (laughs) garbage one that we've done. But yeah, I was just going to remind people that you don't actually have to watch along with us, although it's possible that you could. Yeah, and it's possible that it could help (laughs) at times. Yeah, I think if you're sitting at home and you got nothing to do and you have access to this movie, it's like you're watching a movie with a couple pals. That's right. Your pals over at the greatest moments in the history forever. I think we can do an all right job of talking about things not related to the movie, whatever, as it goes along. But I do think there's probably going to be times where we just outright react to things that are on screen. Yeah, that's true. Like start laughing at Bastion crying. (laughs) Cause it's just like, what a sad sack. This film came out in 1984. It was directed by Wolfgang Peterson, and he actually was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Director for Das Boot. All right. I do remember, like... He's an eclectic filmography. My original time, like, revisiting this movie as an adult, when that comes up during the credits, I was like, oh, wow, this was actually directed by a legitimate director. That's kind of cool. But then it, like, you know, I'm, like, racking my brain to think of, like, what he actually directed... You and I went over it the other night, and I do remember that he directed Troy with Brad Pitt. So, you know. (laughs) Pretty cool. Right. So let's jump into it. If you are watching along on whatever format, we're about to hit play from the Blu-ray menu. So one, two, three, play. And here we go. We have the FBI anti-piracy warning. So you probably don't have that if you're watching on Hulu. (laughs) This really isn't going to sync up with someone streaming it. (laughs) All right, so we are seeing the motion picture has been rated PG screen. Wow, they really gave us every little 
moment for this Blu-ray. All right, well, we're going to time it out now. Okay, now we're seeing the Warner Brothers. Which I can't imagine this was logo. in the original cut. <laughs> it looks might a little too polished. Volume might be a little bit too loud. I can't tell. I don't think that'll pick up on the recording, but who knows. Okay, so, yeah, we're at the Warner Brothers and producers thing. So if you're streaming, that's where you want to be. Yeah, the credits have started. So wh- when was the first time you remember seeing NeverEnding Story? This is one of those ones that, I, I mean... As early as my earliest memories, I was watching this movie. For me, it was like this, the Mighty Ducks, uh, the Ewok spinoff movies from Star Wars. Oh, my. (laughs) That's one of my few memories of living in New Jersey up until age five was watching those Ewok movies at like a friend's house and being terrified. Well, yeah, I used to watch it like every weekend of my life. That And that's the thing. I would like rent the same videos from Videotech every weekend. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, like, I used to hit rent the same videos over and over. Although a lot of times there were wrestling tapes. Now, <laughs> that, well, that's always solid. I remember like watching these credits roll last night when I was watching this, and and uh, it did cross my mind of like, not a very impressive cast, not a lot no. of household names in this movie. No, you, these were the days where you definitely didn't need. A lot of foreign-sounding names, by the way. So yeah. I'm thinking this may not have even been an American. Well, production. I yeah, I they it seemed like they did a lot of the filming on like a soundstage in like Germany. Okay. But I think like the city parts of it actually take place in Vancouver, Canada. Okay. Brian Johnson, director of spe- special and visual effects. <laughs> That's right. I do think that in the 80s and into the 90s, you definitely did not need a star-studded cast for a kids movie. Whereas that's changed now, and even like digital animated movies have an all-star voice cast. Well, that seems to be crazy. like the easiest paycheck for like a star to jump on board of. Yeah, you know, I mean, and most kids movies now are not real people. You don't really have to bring it for a kids movie. I feel like you know. No. <laughs> that yeah, I don't know why they waste production budget on getting every A-list celebrity to do a voice whenever little kids don't care who the voices are. Well, I remember that when um, Horton Hears a Who, the Dr. Seuss one, came out, and it's like they had, like, Seth Rogen and, like, people from the Judd Apatow crew doing, like, voices. Yeah. And I, it did... Now, Major Dad here, Gerald McRaney, is Bastion's dad. Now, in the second one, which I was rolling this morning, I think it's the dad from Dawson's Creek is the dad. Oh, Okay. What's the deal with that? Like, I came in like halfway through, and his dad is just kind of like driving around in a frenzy. I, I don't mean, remember is that Bastion, part. Bastion like missing? Does he run away? Yeah, I don't know. I he he does run away, and he goes and steals a book. I I don't know if we can really so spend much plot. time yeah. talking about <laughs> the second one because I didn't really. Okay. Well, when I recently revisited Neverending Story Part Two, I I jumped out of it pretty quick. Well, Bastion disappears in this one as well. Uh, his dad caring about him being gone, not a part of the plot. <laughs> I mean, there's no part where it cuts back to his dad being like, where's my son? He's busy. Yeah, I get it. Have you ever watched Major Dad? I think we talked about this off mic. I have recently. not ever watched Major Dad, no. <laughs> I told you that the oldest daughter from that was the bubblegum girl from Wet Hot American Summer. The oh, gum I, girl. yeah, I do love that girl. <laughs> uh it's funny here because they do kind of weave in very early on that mom is dead, which is like, you know, it doesn't come back till the very end, but it is, it's an important thing. Now you say that 
and yet I'm struggling to remember why that's an important thing. I'm I, pretty sure that he names the Empress after his mom. Oh, okay. I think that's what it's supposed to be. That's kind of weird. I was going to say, though, whenever we get to that part at the end of the movie, because I was thinking it this morning when he like yells the name out the window, I'm like, you know, I've seen this movie like hundreds of times. I've never watched it with subtitles. I have no idea what fucking name he says. Yeah, the subtitles are, I'm going to take a guess and say they're going to say like, inaudible or something <laughs> they're not gonna it's like lost in translation yeah they're not gonna let us know this was lost in translation before lost in translation right. i think sofia coppola got the idea from this yeah it's um when i was watching like the effects of this and stuff it's funny to like go back and see like all, how many scenes are just like you know a painting is basically the background oh yeah that was much 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 more common right back then you could never get away with that now, and you wouldn't need to now, because you could just use a computer to make it look real, but they didn't really have that option back then, and for special effects, how are you going to create a whole world sometimes, you know? Now, this kid kind of reminds me of myself when I was a kid, because... When you were a kid? I was thinking now. <laughs> on the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he kind of looks like how I looked, like just like horrible eyebrows, horrible haircut, again, like not unlike right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things about watching movies from this time is just seeing the old-fashioned boxes of things and logos on things and stuff like that. Even that Ziploc box was cool-looking to me. If, well, I, here we go. How these kids are... This is kind of like very Stranger Things. You know, the, how these kids are all dressed. This movie is basically an hour and 42-minute PSA on why bullying should be allowed and should make a comeback because yeah, let's right. admit it we bastion need, deserves it yeah we need to <laughs> weed out the losers this horrible pc environment that we're living in now these kids would basically be arrested now oh yeah they're this, throwing them in a dumpster well this was funny to me because this part kind of comes back for the end of the movie like it takes you so long to get back to this but it like watch this like both I'm like, so they only have hay in the dumpster? Not that bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he like doesn't have, like, trash. Spaghetti, he, yeah. He should have, like, a used condom right. falling out of his mouth. <laughs> that is funny, though. He, like, comes back around the corner and they're, you know. Well, you got to get back in the dumpster. You Those kids have really there. square backpacks, by the way. I'm yeah, they sure do. Um, see, I do you have any idea how old this story is that this is based on no i didn't know it was based on anything. oh is it not <laughs> is it just an original script i don't know well either way well there was a sequel called never ending story 2 the next chapter in 1990 then there was never ending story 3 in 94 and then in 95 96 there was a short-lived animated series and in 2001, and then I think a little bit into 2002, there was a live-action series, yeah. which I don't know where those aired. Wow. If this is an original screenplay, I'm like, you know, I'm giving some props. I'm into this idea. This premise uh, in this bookstore here kind of seems like an episode, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, yeah. Listing all the books he's read. <laughs> it's like, yeah, big deal. I'm sure he read, like, the abridged versions. <laughs> Yeah, this bookstore is cool, and it's definitely a place that would not exist today. Because once this guy died, which I'm sure this actor is dead, 
then this place would just close. You know, his well, kids would, who he hadn't spoken to in 25 years, would divide up the $75 he had in his bank account, and they would sell this off, probably at a loss, and yeah. then that would be it. There wouldn't be no more bookstore like this. Well, here's the thing. I mean, what year is this? 1984. And how many customers are in this bookstore? <laughs> zero. Zero zero customers. We have Bastion, who certainly doesn't have any money on him. This guy, I believe, is the same bookstore guy from the second one, but I could be wrong. He was the only one that made the return? Yeah. Jonathan Brandis is, is, plays Bastion in NeverEnding Story Part 2. <laughs> He's just as terrible as you would think. No, Jonathan Brandis is good. He's He looks exactly how he looks in It from 1990, and... That's really all I can say about the the sequel, though. Yeah, I will say, you know, talking about Stephen King for a second, I am like super. Well, I'm on the fence, but like whenever we see that trailer for, uh, the Pet Cemetery movie, I, I am f- finding myself, you know, being super in. <laughs> I can't wait. For yeah, it. I have a feeling it's not going to be that good. Uh, yeah, I, I have a feeling that you're probably right about that, but even the part where John Lithgow, who's playing Judd says the ground is bad like why doesn't he say <laughs> sour make me- <laughs> it's so stupid I, I well i will say it when we were listening to the trailer or you know watching the trailer and hearing the audio from it uh the other night when we were at the movies i was like <laughs> you know I, i'm coming around on this john lithgow like narration hearing his voice and hearing his lines from the movie and you know he ends on the big punch of sometimes dead is better and i'm like coming around on the way he says it even though like i'm so loyal to the old movie but fred gwynn right but i will say that part does stand out when he's like the ground is bad (laughs) (laughs) it does maybe that's one of those instances where they change something for the trailer to make it seem more universal than the movie will be more specific like it'll say sour i think we get if it's sour i think we get it and it seems like a better line I know. I those little changes are end up always being the things that ruin things. Yeah. When you add them all up, it, it, when you're making them and you're like, well, this isn't a big deal. This is just one little word. This is just one little thing here or there. And well, then it all adds up, and you're like, well, this is not great anymore. There's stuff in it that makes it feel creepy, but I feel like it's it's stuff that maybe plays better just for the trailer and won't be good for the actual movie. Like when they show the kids walking through the forest like wearing those like creepy masks and stuff yeah. like it looks cool does and it well it works for the trailer i think you know yeah and then you're like well what does this have to do with anything right so bastion stole in the book from the bookstore and very inconspicuous shown the up book to is like late. bigger than his backpack and he's got it shoved under his hoodie there just conveniently is a chair outside this classroom which for some reason only has a little tiny slit to look through yeah. I never had a school this classroom door that was so <laughs> closed off and right, jail like a dungeon. Um, this part used to always give me like anxiety when I would watch it as a kid because a like I hated the idea of being late to school, like that made me so nervous being late to school. And then also the fact that he's missing a test right now. Yeah, and so his plan is to go up to this attic, which. There would be no attic like this in a school. You can tell almost instantly that this attic would never fit on top of a school. Like, where would this be? This doesn't make sense. There's a wooden attic on top of a school building. Well, and they cut to, 
you know, the, there's like a jump cut to him being up here basically. But like later they show like the little stairway, uh-huh. you know, there's like a wooden gate around it. It just looks <laughs> like he's completely not in the same there's building. There's a skull in the background. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Why is there I, I a say, skull in like the school attic? It's like a bigger version of the attic from the Goonies. Yeah. Like there's all these like little knickknacks and stuff and like. Did this purple electric Does this predate balls? the Goonies by a year? I think so. I don't know. You I know, can't remember. You know the 80s better than me. <laughs> I am the show's resident 80s <laughs> You're expert. You're a child of the 80s. I believe the Goonies were either 84, 85, something like that. It's like going back to this time period, there was like an obsession. I mean, and this whole sequence kind of speaks to it. Like this weird thing of having like kids movies and having like really kind of like dark almost like this dark fantasy thing you know with obviously uh (laughs) there's like the labyrinth and dark crystal and legend oh yeah for sure and even the goonies though i I mean it just felt like there was like this kind of dark like mystic feel to all these movies that's why kids that grew up on this stuff are less of pussies that's right yeah because we were into cool shit we were into scary stuff almost instantly it couldn't really be a kid's property, a kid's movie, a kid's thing, unless it was a little bit horrifying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this guy used to... So we're in, what's it called, Fantasia yeah. now? With the giant rock guy and the, rock biter. the bat and the snail and the dirty caveman guy. <laughs> there were so many things that, like, I-, I can get it a little bit better now but i remember when i was a kid and then revisiting it as an adult there's a lot of things that like i didn't really understand the proportions Uh like this seems clear as day now but like i don't think i got it that he was like that much bigger than them originally and like later when they show atreyu with like the old people and like they're supposed to be so much smaller than him Mm -hmm. like i I don't really think i was like piecing that all together as a kid (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i definitely think um, it's not important <laughs> like to a kid it doesn't right. really matter yeah so what we have here is kind of like this th- i think they're all supposed to be like representatives from their different groups or species that are all kind of traveling to the ivory tower uh what we're supposed to take as the capital of fantasia to go talk about this nothing that's <laughs> devouring fantasia and ask for help. Is it weird that the giant rock guy eats rocks? Is that cannibalistic? Uh, at absolutely, all? yeah. <laughs> it's like in a social network when Eduardo feeds the chicken nugget to the chicken. <laughs> a rock biter. Yeah, well, what did you think of, as, you know, as far as the nothing? What is What does that represent? Well, I mean, there's a big reveal at the end from that wolf character, which I'm interested right. to see how you spell his name. Is it the Gamork? <laughs> it's like, Dude, like you definitely remember more like about this than me. Sitcom or something, but yeah. Well, well you just watched it right. recently to get I was ready. Watching I, sh- it last I meant night. to, but I had to fucking put together that young adult episode. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a demanding job. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's supposed to be the ideas that like human beings, which it's funny that people have these ideas in like the 80s and then you smash cut like 40 years and it's like it has to be like so much worse but it's this idea of like people losing their imaginations and everything and not like dreaming about things anymore yeah what would fantasia think about twitter (laughs) 
Yeah. I think the world is a little bit more cynical now than it was in the 80s even. Yeah, well, I guess people could always see the writing on the wall. Maybe it took a little bit longer than they were thinking it was going to take. Yeah. Everyone assumed that the end of the world was right around the corner. That's right. Although this uh, movie kind of vary of the times right now because, you know, we're kind of experiencing a little bit of a government shutdown in Fantasia <laughs> as the Empress has grown ill, you know? Yeah, that's true. I watched The NeverEnding Story virtually every year in elementary school. It was one of those movies we would always watch, you know, at the end of the year on a special occasion day near a holiday or like a rainy day or something like that. We ended up watching this so many goddamn times. Man. Pretty sure that's what I watched The NeverEnding Story Part 2 at least once during that. How great were those days at school when it was just like, we're just going to watch a movie? Yeah. Those were like so incredible. I never wanted like the period to end. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> And then it's funny because like I can remember getting to high school and this never happened in my class. It only happened in my I was a freshman at my high school in Massachusetts. And then I moved back to New York after that. And I, it never happened to me in New York. But like in ninth grade, I, I mean, we had classes at the end of the year where they were show they were just showing movies, basically. I, yeah. I think like the teachers had just like given up. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there was like kids like making out in my class. <laughs> it was like insane. <laughs> that sounds very dazed and confused. Well, it was pretty funny because like that year was the first year that they did like block scheduling. So you only had four periods a day and your classes were an hour and a half. Wow. And I think like by the end of the year, the teachers just like <laughs> they, they like didn't know how to plan for it. Really? Like we were constantly like finishing like lesson plans or whatever for the day with like 40 minutes left of class. <laughs> like it was it was an experience, but it was definitely uh, I think it caught them off guard a little bit. So I never watched The NeverEnding Story outside of a school environment until I was an adult, basically. I, You say that you had the VHS and watched it. And it's when I say I had a VHS, it's very possible that that was like taped off of something. Oh, yeah. I yeah, had yeah, so yeah. many of those. Uh, so for me, with the I, racing snail. It, it kind of is interesting, though, because the context of this movie for me was very strange because I always associated it with school. Like, I don't think I really ever even understood that this was a real movie. This is one of those movies. <laughs> you I know what like, I mean? Like a theatrical movie. Well, that, that was if a they whole thing. did this as like a classic movie night, I would, I would go see it. I would be like, I, I wonder sure they have. what this experience on the big screen is like, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like I just need to know. Now this is, it's very timely that they just got out of here. That nothing was like right on their fucking tails. I'm surprised that they've never. This rock butter is just a complete dope. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> they've never rebooted this. Or, I mean, I like I just it's listed all those weird. incarnations of it, but I'm surprised they haven't done it recently. Well, it's one of those things that I have such a weird experience with it because now what are the proportions with him here? How is he strapped into this bat that he's riding on? Are his legs dangling? No, okay. I don't know. What? He's. I guess the bat is going so fast that his legs are flying up. I don't know. This really makes sense. No. Um. But my whole experience with this movie is just sort of strange because it was a movie that I watched so much when I was a kid, and I knew there was like a second one and a third one available because I'd see those available for rent. But I like never. I could tell even as a kid just looking at the backs of those covers that they were shit. Yeah, I I think. 
even as a kid, you understand when things are recast. Yeah, that the ivory tower, just unbelievable looking right there, though. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I will say, though, it, it, it years went by with me not watching this movie. I mean, years and years and years. Like, and Oh, yeah, me too. When I, sure. I was kind of back in high school listening to the band Atreyu at the time, and by that point in my life, it was not even resonating with me at all that that was the name of a kid from this movie. Oh, you see, I did know that. I, I don't know if somebody told me that or whatever, but I did know that at the so time. So like, but I, I didn't go. It's not like I was like, oh, I gotta go back and rewatch. That I was movie. wearing like an Atreyu shirt at school. Oh my that's god, that's how cool I was. <laughs> and uh, an English teacher, <laughs> oh Lord. an English teacher was like, oh, Atreyu, Neverending Story, and that kind of like sparked my whole like brain again of being like oh wow yeah i should revisit never faded <laughs> but like was this movie really that popular ever i mean i know they made two more but like it made decent money and i think it probably was pretty popular as far as rentals went and i don't know there was I a certain like level that if a kids movie could achieve it samuel it became... jackson in this movie <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't surprise me right. <laughs> it's the one star it wouldn't surprise me though if this just hit a certain popularity level and it kind of the Mighty Ducks another movie you listed was the same but there's a dozen of them maybe a couple dozen that came out sometime in the 80s and the 90s and they just get rented over and over and over and they probably earned multiple times over what they did in the theaters via VHS rentals right, and yeah. sales. That's what I, I would assume that's what Dumbo kids here. movies um made their bones with. That was their bread and butter was the VHS rentals and sales. They probably cared more about that than the box office, really. Well, in those days. I, yeah, I mean at the time we're in now where everything's being rebooted and brought back. I mean, I'm thinking this had to have come up in like pitch meetings where people are like, well, what about Neverending Story? And they're just like, no, it'll like, happen eventually. Yeah, I mean, you watch a scene like this, and you're just like, man, Fantasia's a weird ass place. <laughs> if they did it now, you know? it would there'd be a lot of computer effects and stuff, and it would be stupid. Yeah, the way that this looks is genuinely freaky. There's people with two faces and giant heads. Oh yeah, and- I still stand by some of the uh, some of the effects in like production quality looks really cool. You know, and there's certainly an influence here from Return of the Jedi and em- yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I was Back even and gonna say like, like um, the David Lynch one, Dune. A yeah. little bit, you know. I don't know if that was probably after this, but yeah, I don't know if that would have been before this, but this would be coming on the heels of Return of the Jedi the next year. Oh wow, okay. And I think. Didn't do quite as well at the box office. No, but it did pretty well, <laughs> yeah. though, I think. I don't think it had a huge budget, and I, it, it made a decent amount. I still think this looks pretty cool. I, I think that this looks better than most movies that I see now. <laughs> <laughs> the fun thing about like you not editing How a thing terrible is, like, is you Bastion? can't take all my hot takes out of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Bastion does stink. He's absolutely the worst part of the movie in a movie that features several bad parts. <laughs> Including, uh, you know, Bastion's dad. I wonder if there was a whole generation of people that were got really depressed that they couldn't live in Fantasia, like those people after they saw Avatar. Yeah. 
What's the planet in Avatar? I don't even remember. I can't remember. I, and what has happened to that series, by the way? It's like one of those two, things. Two and three are finished and are definitely happening. Wow. They've put four and five on hold because of the whole Disney buying Fox and everything being up in the air kind oh, of wow. stuff. Well, when are they supposed to come out? <laughs> I mean, One might be coming out this year, but wow. might not be till next year. So I don't Avatar, know. the original one, came out in 2009, right? Yeah. So it's 10 years later and all of a sudden we're going to have like possibly four more movies. I kind of don't think they're going to get to yeah, I'm thinking more not. movies, but who knows. This is kind of a funny scene because it's like confusing for everyone. Like, you know, he's Atreyu, the warrior that hunts the purple, purple buffalo, but he's like a 12-year-old boy. So basically the bookstore owner knew that this was a book about a kid being a hero and Bastion was going to project himself onto Atreyu. But as we're led to believe, the book, uh, you know, Starts rewriting itself at a certain point. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, you know, there's a whole level that what, at a certain point, this whole story gets very meta. And you're like, what's going on here? Yeah. Well, I think that maybe is just a metaphor for Bastion being an idiot, <laughs> a susceptible idiot That's who's right. too immature to be reading a book. It's funny. <laughs> this whole. Atreyu's got cool rock star hair. <laughs> I mean, I will say when I was watching this, I was thinking like, Atreyu seemed like he could have been an actor. Like, he seems fine. I mean, he's considerably better than uh, Bastion. <laughs> Bastion's a little over the top. Yeah, Bastion is terrible. But I don't know. I guess it didn't really happen for Noah Hathaway, huh? Noah Hathaway, most known for... Being Anne Hathaway's cousin? <laughs> the NeverEnding Story and Battlestar Galactica oh, okay. Was from he... 78 to 79. Oh, the old one. And Battlestar Galactica, the movie from '78. Okay, so he did some act. So and he was enough of a character. The movie in Troll. It. Oh, all right. From '86. Nice. Now Noah Hathaway still appearing in movies up until 2016. So fairly, re- he was in Sushi Girl. Wow, which is a really good movie. You may need to revisit that. A vegan actress. Well, there was One a of my pause from Instagram follows. <laughs> There was definitely a pause from 86 to 94, from 94 to 2012. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I wouldn't say he's acted consistently. There's kind of some funny stuff going on here. Like this whole quest that he's going on, no one knows what it is. You know what I mean? Like the whole <laughs> thing is like, you. and by the way, he hangs this uh, s- snake necklace around him and everyone's, everyone recognizes it. The Orin. Um, but... They're just kind of like, yeah, the Empress is sick. Fantasia is like being devoured by the nothing. You need to like go on this quest to save us. And you can't take your weapons. Who determined that? (laughs) And that's it. And then he starts riding away on his horse. Yeah, he's glowing. (laughs) See what I mean, though? He just gets on his horse Artax and starts, you know, hoofing off. How old do you think Bastion's supposed to be in this? Like, 12 or younger 12 seems right yeah in that wheelhouse <sighs> boy i mean here's Ima- some nice... imagine if you found like a playboy up in this attic this is it's like he's riding through like mad max territory oh yeah the visuals and the cinematography in this movie are cool yeah and they go above and beyond for what they the had typical to for a movie kids for movies like this, yeah you believe that these places are real for the most part yeah. Even that, which he's like kind of running into what clearly looks to be like a painting. Right. <laughs> yeah. it, you buy it. Oh, though. yeah. Especially uh, yeah. as a kid. Right. This is that thing, Gamork or whatever, the weird wolf thing. 
So this yeah. is kind of like it, it, he has a whole little like monologue later where he reveals all this stuff, how he's like working for the nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think I don't know if I ever really understood that the wolf was different th- from the nothing. Well, the nothing is something that you can't see, okay. really. It's Which just makes sense. It's just the idea of now this is kind of like Lord of the Rings esque, you know, like just hanging out on a quest, not really yeah. sure what you're doing. <laughs> just the most peaceful brook, yeah, imaginable. This horse, what's the horse's name again? Artax. Oh God, these names are the worst. <laughs> the Gamor. Okay, so it's G apostrophe M O R K. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. I mean, it stinks, but I think one of the things that's surprising when you rewatch this is how quickly everything happens and how unepic it seems as an adult. Because as a kid, everything seems bigger and longer and more epic. And well, as a kid, I think it was built up that this thing was like five hours long. As we've and- t- <laughs> So, as we've talked about before, as a kid, this was my idea of like a hangout movie. Atreyu just hanging out with his horse Artax, like eating, you know. Or Bastion hanging out by himself. In an attic. Eating a sandwich <laughs> right. in an attic, getting excited about that sandwich. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this part really stinks because he's like, not yet. <laughs> I can't eat all my sandwich right now. <laughs> so he's, his plan is to read this whole book, I guess. Yeah, this book is huge. <laughs> I know. What kind of kid somebody, is going to read this in one somebody night? Somebody hands you like a dictionary and is like, read this. <laughs> well, it's never ending. That's here a, that's now also he, here kind he of is. A, He's made it to Tatooine. <laughs> it's kind of a tease that they call this the never ending story and then it's over in an hour and 42 minutes. That's true. It should have just never ended. But it's ended. just this idea that it just keeps going, you know? Yeah. I don't know if I like that idea. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny when you meet that giant turtle character. He's like so excited for the nothing to just devour Fantasia. He's just <laughs> most like, relatable right. character in this movie. <laughs> so Gamork kind of quickly, you know, he's catching on the trail. up. Yeah, yeah. Although it's funny when you check back in with him later because you kind of feel like he's on his trail the whole time, and then he kind of loses him in the swamp of sadness when Falcor the Luck Dragon rescues him. <laughs> rescues Atreyu that is and later he kind of is just sort of like bummed and is like yeah I almost caught him in the swamp of sadness but I lost him and then like Atreyu is like I'm Atreyu <laughs> let's fucking have it out right now oh boy yeah so now that I've said the rest of the movie we can <laughs> focus so on so Artax the horse is already gonna be dead yeah that's what I which, mean that's when I said when you go back and you revisit this you can't believe how early this horse dies yeah it's the, like, oh, but, okay, we're happening. It's happening now. The swamps of sadness. What's that a metaphor for? Your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you just let me be depressed? <laughs> I've I, I've been living with my depression for fifteen years. I get it. Um, <laughs> this is something that was always a hard scene for me to stomach, though. Why? I mean, it, this looks real. <laughs> that the, I I think they really killed this horse. You know, it wouldn't shock me. (laughs) (laughs) The lengths they were going for a dramatic scene. And this was decades before HBO's show Luck. That's right. 
Yeah, so, I'd, w- I'd be interested to see if they put that disclaimer at the end of the credits that say no animals were harmed at the, in the filming of this movie. So this um, this exploring a topic sort of ahead of its time, which is sort of animal depression, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Artax just, if Artax had gotten the therapy that he needed, oh, okay. maybe he would have been able to pull through, you know. Yeah, I he think just even as a kid, I was a little confused about what was happening here. The, the swamps... You know, they kind of make you sad, or if you... Why is the horse... But I was like, why is the horse sad? It's a horse. Well, hey, listen, (laughs) everybody's got problems, man, you know? He was probably separated from his horse family at birth. Although it is Fantasia. You wouldn't think one would have to deal with, you know, the problems of anxiety and depression in this... Wow, he's really going in there. Oh, yeah, now that you're... When it zoomed in on that, you could kind of tell that it was faking how high it was, like, going up. Yeah. But here we go. I mean, Atreus got freaking fight against the sadness, you know? Yeah. Tears streaming down his face. I mean, it is one of... I'm sure of this horse was just kind of, like, annoyed. But well, was... I, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking that's the case anytime an animal is in a movie. Or doing anything for a human. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. like... Let me out of here. On a practical level, though, I mean, obviously, Atreyu losing his horse is just sad. We understand that as viewers. Yeah. But on a practical level, like, how's he going to go on with the rest of this friggin' quest? On foot? Yeah. Not that he knows where he's going. Now, this is just like a cut to, and you're kind of like, when you're a child watching this movie, you're like, wow, that fucking horse just sank (laughs) and drowned, you know? (laughs) That's kind of dark for a kid. Yeah, that's another thing. We talked about just the visual darkness of these things and kind of the scariness of it, but a lot of these kids' movies from back in the day would certainly include... (laughs) Literally me, Bastion (laughs) just... (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of tear-jerking moments in these things. It started with Bambi's mother. Our generation, we had my girl. Oh, don't even But it's just like, how do you... (laughs) You wonder, Who is that movie for? You wonder why we're all fucking depressed. I mean, <laughs> it start they started in early on us with these movies. Yeah, why would they do that? <laughs> why would they that movie even get made? Right. And that's why I, I just feel like, you know, you have a hard time with the the happiness and the light things, and that's why you're like drawn to like a blue Valentine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like this is the type of shit that I was watching when I was a kid. <laughs> because of the never ending story yeah. and my girl. Right. <laughs> yeah, you have to give props though to Atreyu, who is definitely a true warrior, because you would think being in the swamps of sadness when your right best after friend your dies, horse dies. Yeah. yeah. Even if he is a horse, he's still your best friend. Yeah. So yeah, this is Warla, I think. Uh, he says it's a shell mountain, but it's actually just a, a turtle that comes out of the swamp. Bastion sort of, oh, Morla, putting it together. Oh, I hate Bastion so much. Yeah. So, th- imagine reading a book for like 10 minutes and then crying because a horse died. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to imagine me reading a book for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I've definitely gotten teary-eyed at some books, but not yeah. not a quarter of the way through when a horse died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for some reason, I don't think you would have been into this book. 
No, I definitely would have as a kid, okay. but I wouldn't have been weeping <laughs> like a little douche. So, again, here we have Atreyu. He's going on this quest to save Fantasia and save the sick Empress. Uh, no idea what he's doing. I mean, he wants to talk to this Morla, the ancient one, who I guess it's a good place for Morla to live in the Swamp of Sadness because Morla is definitely, like, crazy uh here's voices like there's two of them um you know kind of just is like you know i'm ready for the nothing to devour fantasia i don't really want to live here anymore like i don't want you to succeed on your quest because i'm ready for this to be over why did he seek out morla in the first place i'm i'm to get answers yeah i'm thinking that the people at the ivory tower sent him this direction first i don't know why else he would have come here Unless he just knew of this. Do you think Noah See, this Hathaway... looks kind of cool. <laughs> oh, God. Bastion is afraid of this. He's afraid of and, but words? They, so here's the first, like, kind of, like, meta part of it where... Uh, the characters Morla, in the book hear him. Right. So then he, so he screams, and then he's reading that they hear a scream. Yeah. What yeah. if you read ahead? <laughs> what if you didn't scream? Well, yeah. Well, then it's not in there. So the words have to be like changing in you the book. You would think, but they never really get into specifics. Yeah. So more or less another depressed character here. Do you think this Noah Hathaway guy, do you think he got a lot of ass later in life because of this movie? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Again, like going back to what we were talking about earlier, like I don't remember having a lot of conversations with people like, through my gap years of not watching this movie, of them being like, oh, yeah, I watched NeverEnding Story when I was a kid. I loved it. Like, I, I just don't really remember it being one of those movies that came up a lot. I don't know if it came up a lot, but I feel like a lot Everyone, of people have seen it. It's got to be. One, it's one of those ones. Now, people that are younger than, certainly younger than 25 now, but maybe even a little bit older than that, they have probably no real connection with this. Oh, I'm thinking, yeah. But, I mean, you know, people in there who are, you know, 30 and above, right. I think everybody knows this movie. So, uh, you know, this turtle guy, every friggin' thing that he starts with is not that it matters, but yes. He has to, like, weave not that it matters into everything that he says. <laughs> Trey is like, who's we? This thing keeps, like, sneezing. Yeah, it looks very cool in the way that they made this look like it's huge, and I'm sure it's a small thing that they yeah. just zoom in on in right. a way or whatever. But <laughs> Allergic to youth. <laughs> Could be like the name of our album. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Oh, yeah, this is where he's like, yeah, you're going to die too if the nothing comes, you dolt die well that would be something interesting that we don't see the empress yet we have yet to lay eyes on her. well no that's the big sort of reveal at the end because i think you're thinking that the empress is i don't know like a princess diana type figure maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what, that I, picture, what I was what thinking I, think empress. I don't know i, I Everyone in this movie is blown away that Atreyu is a kid, that the Empress is a kid. I don't know. It never shocked me. <laughs> I, I was well, like, yeah, that makes sense. 
I don't know. It's hard to go back. I mean, I'd have to go back to my first, you know, viewing, which was so many years You're ago. You're like Bastion. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I do react like everything to, to Bastion. <laughs> that turtle's head comes out. You're screaming. <laughs> and then he's like enjoying the fact that it's 10,000 miles away. So now he's telling him, it's just like a constant, like, you got to go talk to somebody else. That's... The, which kind of is relatable to life. Like everyone only knows like one little piece of everything. And they're like, you got to go talk to somebody else when you are trying to figure something out. Well, that's how a lot of these quest movies are. Though. Yeah. It's like station to station. Right. Picking up pieces of information or something else. That and might it's, can't there just be one guy who knows all this stuff? So now school is ending. This is kind of creepy to me because it's just like so weird to think about being in school after everyone leaves. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of scary. He just gets like grabbed by a janitor and pulled into a closet. <laughs> yeah, it's just friggin molested. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> why doesn't he? I never understood why he didn't just take the book home, like leave school now. It is everyone. his whole his little quest here <laughs> during the day is it's kind of inexplicable. He's is missing his math test so he just goes to the attic and then he just stays there after everyone leaves by the way that janitor was just like as soon as these kids are out i'm shutting off all the lights i'm leaving yeah no cleanup time after everyone leaves <laughs> who gives a shit so now it gets kind of scary a uh, lightning storm out of nowhere there's like a stuffed crocodile or alligator in this closet there's oh he, see this is that that wooden gate yeah, thing yeah, that i was yeah. talking about this attic is insane. It's sort of like Buffalo Bill's basement in Silence <laughs> of the Lambs. He's got to face his fear and read through this thunderstorm. Yeah. At some point that um, there's like a wolf that looks like Gamork on like, it's just like a wolf head on like a, yeah. oh, it might be right here. He's yeah, bubbling, right falling around like an idiot. <laughs> so yeah, this is what, uh, now we're back in Fantasia and Gamork is, you know, Obviously, Atreyu has gone through a lot. His horse died. That turtle just told him that the Southern Oracle can help him, but it's 10,000 miles away. So he's, you know, succumbing to the Swamp of Sadness. Mm -hmm. I mean, why wouldn't you? I'm kind point? of succumbing to the Swamp of Sadness Absolutely. right now. Yeah. I'm trying mean... to get through this audio commentary. <laughs> uh, but Gamork is about to close in on him, and something comes in and saves the day. And that's one of those things, too, where it's like I watched this so many times as a kid and it just I, I, it never even resonated with me that uh, Falcor is a luck dragon. Like, I didn't know what the fuck he was. I mean, he actually says he's a luck dragon, but I guess <laughs> I just couldn't like I, I, I guess I just couldn't grasp all of the dialogue when I was a kid. Yeah. Plus, I was like, what is he this? Looks he looks kind of like horrifying. my parents dog. Well, yeah, he's basically a dog. <laughs> yeah. But he's also a dragon. Right. It's got, like, giant it. bug eyes. <laughs> yeah, when it starts flying here through the clouds... He's got kind of a creepy look. Yeah. This is not a great effect. This. Eh, You're okay with it. For the time, it. it's right, fine. Right. That looks funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, there is, like, a lot of nostalgia seeing, like, parts like that. That's true. it just looks like it's from another it just era. Yeah, those effects is just something... You were so used to seeing effects like that. Yeah. And it's just not it something was, that exists. In a way, now. it was better. Right. 
I mean, they had to certainly get around Look at things. Look how far he is in that book. When we get to, like, the atreyu Gamork fight sequence later, there's <laughs> some interesting choices made during that. So we're already kind of into the thick of the movie here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, I mean, it's not going to last forever. It's not literally never-ending, as we talked about. That's true. I, I don't like this. I don't like the, like, scaly back that looks like eggs or something. It is it's weird. So I will say it always kind of bothered me, too. I hate this thing. It's so gross. <laughs> you, I mean, I imagine it smells awful. Yeah. They should be out there with just, like, a hose, like, hosing this thing down. <laughs> or a shotgun. <laughs> Putting it it's out of its misery because well, it's an abomination. Well, we still need him. <laughs> you know, how's Atreyu going to get anywhere without him? Yeah, where is he now? Is he, like, on the moon or something? <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing. He had, like, no conversation with Falcor, but Falcor, just because he's a luck dragon, which is, like, a convenient thing to be, that basically means, like... It feels racist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you knew that I had to go 10,000 miles to get to the Southern Oracle place. And it's like, well, yeah, I knew I'm a luck dragon. You know what I mean? You can luck dragon just... feels like something you would order off of a Chinese menu. I'm thinking so. Yeah, it comes <laughs> with a fortune cookie. Look at this thing's face. It's horrifying to me. <laughs> now, in the second one, when I was watching, it, he has like almost like glowing red eyes, which is kind of weird. No, I didn't even make it far enough for him to appear. Yeah. Now it is funny because he's like, I like children, <laughs> and a tray goes for breakfast. One of the better lines of the movie, I think. <laughs> How big do you think this dragon was? I mean, it looks like they built something that is like a giant head talking to him here, but I have a feeling that it was just pieces that they built. Yeah, you know, I, he I'm like wakes up laying in the on the arm, so the, there's obviously an arm that big, but Right. The the head is got to be like mechanical right it's like uh, what i always right. when i would see those things in movies like that sort of mechanical work i, I would always think about like the like chuck e cheese you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like the, those characters that would be in chuck e cheese this yeah this does have kind of a chuck e cheese thing yeah although it looks like there's a lot of moving pieces in its nose and mouth area yeah and stuff, i mean they went all in what was the budget for this movie I don't know. I'll look that up. Yeah. But, and you um, said there was no source material for this, huh? I said I didn't know. <laughs> I'm interested. Real quick. <laughs> I'm just going to look it up for a second because uh, I don't know. I, I, I definitely believe that there was no source material, but I always just figured it was based on something. Uh, yeah, it is. It is okay, based so on it, a novel. All right. Okay. It, I was going to say it had to be. So, you know, I'll be picking that up. It was first published in 1979, so pretty quick turnaround. The budget was approximately twenty-seven million. Okay. Box office U.S. a hundred million. Oh wow! Okay, so it was a hit. Yeah. Why do you think they made all these other ones <laughs> just for fun? But they, those other ones had to be like straight to VHS, right? I'm pretty sure the second one was in theaters. Okay. I, I I don't know about the third one. Yeah. Um, I think the second one was a big flop. I guess the book must have been popular or something, or maybe it was just at this time period they were just buying up all sorts of source I'm material. Sure the book like was the, popular. Okay. I mean, I wasn't alive in 1979, so I wouldn't know, but That's it true. seems like it probably was. So Falcor's brought him to these. Well, my little... whole point about talking about his head and everything, <laughs> okay, Falcor, yeah. like 
where do you think this head is now? I mean, destroyed? Did they just get rid of it? I don't know. I mean, who was the studio that made this movie? Well, we saw Warner Brothers at the top. Okay. Usually, don't they have like some sort of prop warehouse or something where they keep a lot of this old <laughs> shit? Yeah, Displays. it's like the uh, if- Area 51 and in Indiana <laughs> Jones. <laughs> yeah. There's just a giant room with Falcor's head in it somewhere. Yeah, this is another part of it that I, I didn't get really when I was a kid, that these uh, these old people are supposed to be smaller than him. You can clearly yeah, it's hard see to tell it sometimes. at certain points, but yeah, you mostly don't. They remind me of... The Princess Bride? Yeah, yeah Billy Crystal it, I know. and Carol Kane. In fact, I think he's calling her witch or wench at some point, just like, you know, in Princess Bride, he's like, get away from me, <laughs> witch, and she's like, I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. Yeah, and this is prior to that, right. so I don't know if they necessarily took that. I could have been a little it, bit of a nod, right? I mean, Princess Maybe. Bride was also a novel that William William Goldman wrote. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. I kind of doubt that there was really any theft there, but who knows? It does seem very similar. Yeah. This guy's like really proud of himself and his accomplishments of being the scientist, like the Fantasia's like number one expert on the Southern Oracle, which is just like who even knows what that is. Yeah. It's weird because So this they, dragon dog brought him up somewhere. It looks like on top of a mountain or something, and or just in this desolate area. It's hard to tell even where well, yeah. the fuck he would be. And Falcor, I thought he was on the moon. Falco's just like, go talk to these old people like they're here to help you. But again, it's like... And the old people are obsessed with... Or at least the guy is obsessed with getting past the Southern Oracle thing. Right. It's It's been his life's work to kind of study, which... <laughs> But what what is even on the other side of that? I don't I can't remember. And why, if you live in Fantasia, would you even have a job? I don't know. You know. Oh, he says I'm a treasure. I came to find the Southern Oracle. Right, but why else would anyone be here? There's nothing else around. What is the point of the Southern Oracle? No I one don't knows. Understand what this even is? Well, that's the thing. This guy's life work. Is, life's work is to like be the Fantasia's number oh, one expert. Oh, I kind of get it. Okay. the I keep thinking the Southern Oracle are those two statues, but they're just guarding it. The first set is guarding it. Then right. the second set is the Southern Oracle, which is kind of weird. The first set is like these Sphinx ones, and then the sec- second set looks very similar, but that's actually the Southern Oracle. Well, an Oracle would be like an all-knowing or something well, like that. Well, so they, yeah, they, yeah. oh, they tell him. Yeah, they tell him something. Yeah. Okay. They tell him how he can save the Empress. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> they, he finally... <laughs> It'd be the, funny if the Southern Oracle was like, look, dude, it's not even worth yeah, it. Yeah, that's what he says to that lady. Don't He's like, worry. to the winch, wench. <laughs> and then she has to, like, you know, spin this wheel thing so that he can be carried up in this basket. <laughs> Again, not a very, like, you know, pro-feminism moment right here. <laughs> A century of studying the Southern Oracle. <laughs> Volume one, the early years. <laughs> That's pretty good. What's Falcor doing just chilling there? Yeah, he's resting. <laughs> he had a long 10,000-mile flight. Oh, so this is what the turtle told Atreyu about. Yeah, the, yeah there's one. I think the turtle's basically like, well, there's one person or one i guess thing that you could ask for help and that's the southern oracle but it's ten thousand miles away okay 
Now yeah, this I mean, is. I guess a, you really do need to like pay attention to this stuff. Yeah, but even still, <laughs> it's all just like vague ideas. Yeah. So he says it's the first of two gates that you pass through, but I, I don't know. The second gate isn't really a gate, and then the third thing looks like the first gate. <laughs> the th- right. the thing that it actually is. So we don't really know why all of these warriors have been for years trying to come to the Southern Oracle, but like several people have tried, most die. Yeah. It's kind of interesting timing that Atreyu is here to watch this guy dressed up in like traditional <laughs> knight, knight yeah. armor. Like literally like he just came out of like medieval times, like the yeah, restaurant. Yeah, who is this guy and why is he doing it? Right. What's his mission yeah, that he fails? I know. Like I like how anyone could have a mission outside of stopping the nothing right now. Oh, wow. Sirens just blaring past us now. Yeah. Good grief. You move out to the burbs and it's still just <laughs> the city, you know? Now, I, I obviously as a kid, this part always really excited me because these Sphinx right. things have titties. Yeah, and so does the second set, yeah. Yeah, it was really a thrilling thing to see in like Again, elementary school. Again, kind of an odd thing to put into a kids movie. <laughs> no real reason why. I mean, obviously these are based off like the Egyptian like statues, but So when you try to pass through, they shoot out things from their eyes and, and they kill you. Kill you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that night stinks. Yeah, this part was like it was definitely a fear boner for me because I would get excited about seeing the titties on the things, but then it was always scary. Especially when he goes by, when Atreyu goes by the night later and sees his fried face. Now, Atreyu, I mean, after just watching that, is basically like, all right, I'm going to give it a go. What other choice does he have? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I'd be like, well, what do you think you can do better than that guy just did? Well, that but- guy just walked through. <laughs> and got blasted. <laughs> I mean, he didn't really do anything. He, just, <laughs> he didn't try anything. He just walked <laughs> I mean, you could at least try to run through but, it. But um, the whole thing is, I don't know. The scientist says something weird about, like, you're only supposed to, you know, those Sphinx statues can see you for what you really are, you know? Mm-hmm. But I I don't really get what is who they're supposed to allow through. Because if you watch here, they do open their eyes at Atreyu and try to kill him, too. Yeah. Like, at first, he thinks he's going to make it because he's, you know, Atreyu, the warrior who hunts the purple buffalo, but no. What did those poor purple buffalo do? <laughs> That's true. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, way. I'm sure based on, you know, his... his uh, These sphinxes are thick. Yeah, super thick. <laughs> this guy, he'll never make it. He'll never make Like, after this big, like, you got to try to get the... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of sucks because... They have like big yeah. titties. And like but kind of nipples on display. Oh too, yeah. Right? But like the dog or whatever. I don't know what their bodies are supposed to be, but they're not really human. That's so true, yeah. that's kind of disappointing. Really a frustrating thing. Although they have those giant <laughs> wings. <laughs> frustrating. Because you're gonna try to fuck them. Yeah. It's funny, um when he gets through here though, it's like the path is very unclear. Then he approaches like this weird sort of mirror thing because the scientist is like wait i didn't tell you about the second gate but the yeah. se- second gate is really like not clear to me what it even is so that night is just super dead 
Yeah, the background the here looks very green screened. Yeah. <laughs> Especially from this shot where you have a close up yeah, on his a Treyu's face. Yeah, very prominent. God, those are big titties. <laughs> on a Treyu. <laughs> You can see the bones and skulls and everything from prior people oh, who tried. Failed attempts. Now, this knight's horse just fucking booked it, yeah. I guess. I don't know where he went. Well, I hope that armor was really worth the money you spent yeah, on this it. Is, this was always scary to me. It's, like, very brief, but... Oh, that <laughs> somehow they fried his whole body, like, yeah. through the armor. So it's just kind of like one of those things that, like, if you have the confidence, yeah, you, you have can to get believe through. in yourself. Yeah, which who does? Oh man, just seeing like Bastion yelling "Be confident!" at the book makes me wish that I try you got killed here and Bastion hung himself in the <laughs> attic of the school <laughs> like a douche. Right. So you know, when in doubt, though, it's just like, well, you don't have confidence. The Sphinx can see right through you, but just run, and you could make it through this gate. Yeah, they fire him and they miss, and he dives yeah. through. What's easier to get to, One-Eyed Willie's pirate ship or the Southern Oracle? <laughs> I feel like the Southern Oracle. I think so, too. You only have to really do that one thing. Yeah, well, I, I'm telling you, we're going to be approaching the second gate here soon, which is nothing. It's kind of like um, in The Last Jedi where what's-her-face, the chick, is like looking at those mirrors and... You know, she sees, like, hundreds of herself. This is a weird part, too. I never understood why the old guy's wife is giving shots to Falcor. <laughs> it's like uh, cortisone shots. Yeah, there was, She's, like... He's got to patch himself it, this up. This is either, like, a pro-vaccination or an anti-vaccination <laughs> movie. I can't tell. There was some sort of statement being made right, right here. Yeah. Falcor's up for it, though. Well, it just so happens to be Falcor's fetish. <laughs> I love how this old guy's yelling at Falcor, and Falcor's just like, so what? Yeah. He's like, shut up. Right. I'm half dog, half dragon. Yeah, they care. gave me some, like, luck dragon. Couldn't Falcor nip. just fly over those stupid statues? I, that, honestly, as a kid, would cross my mind. I'd be like, wh why can't he just fly him there? They should have addressed it. They, it wouldn't have been so that hard So this is like a big buildup to the second gate. He was like, most men run away screaming. But really, it's just like a mirror that you can walk through. <laughs> well, maybe if you're not a true warrior, it, right. the second gate shows you a reflection now, do you have of to run horrible. If you are going to abandon your quest at this point, do you have to run back through the Sphinxes and they fire at you again? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. When he comes back through, aren't they destroyed or something? Well, the Southern Oracle starts fa falling apart as he's talking to it. And I, it's kind of unclear. It kind of reminds me of myself. Yeah. You start talking to me and I start falling <laughs> or like apart. like a hot chick starts talking to you. When would that have ever happened? I don't know, but <laughs> by I accident. imagine there would be some falling apart anyway. Yeah. I so yeah, so now we're on Hoth. I don't really remember this part. He walks into this cave and like Luke Skywalker is just hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. From so, a noose, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this is the thing. He's seeing himself in the mirror, and then this is kind of where we start to get a little bit more meta, and, you know, worlds are crossing. Bastion can be seen here. They see each other. Now, there was a wrestler back in the day named Bastion Booger. Yes, I think he got that name from this movie, from this character. Probably. 
Have you ever heard Sebastian be scaled down to Bastion? I I don't ever really knew a Sebastian. I guess no. I I have I have known neither a Sebastian or a Bastion. Seabass sometimes. I've never known an Atreyu either, other than the band. <laughs> <laughs> well, Atreyu doesn't really feel like a real name, right? Sebastian is a name, I guess, but not very common. <laughs> this is some dynamite Book throw. He throws. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Bastion so much. Right. Oh, he's the worst. I did that a few times with those Game of Thrones books. Like, mostly well, during Catelyn Stark chapters. <laughs> yeah, that's mostly just out of disgust. Right? <laughs> Not because you were afraid of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bastion kind of has a moment where he could just walk away right now. Sometimes you need to walk away from a book. I do feel like he could have <laughs> used a break. I feel like one would go a little bit crazy just being in this attic overnight by yourself reading this book. I mean, yeah. when does he leave? We don't really know. The way the the way the movie goes, how he, long is he there? Right, is it the next day? So yeah, I always felt like he came out the net in time for school the next day. Well, but I don't know. They do cut back to the real world at the end, but the way you get there is kind of weird. Yeah, I think the real story is that he dies in that attic and. So that scientist had that big buildup for that second gate, and it was like... Yeah, it was nothing. Right. What is the deal with these candles? <laughs> Where did they come from? Medieval times. Bastion is now lighting candles in the attic, because somehow it just got dark enough to need candles, or did the light... Was there a light and it went out? I don't even yeah, know where did he get that blanket from? Yeah, well, I have to imagine it's pretty disgusting. Yeah, there's probably like <laughs> mouse, <laughs> you know, just germs all over that. So one of my friends, uh, Dustin, had a cool shirt <laughs> of this, the Southern Oracles with like a tray walking up to it with that like moon in the background. Oh, yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, this looks cooler than the first time. Right. But I mean, like I was saying, I mean, this is kind of like they're the made same out of idea. ice this time. Yeah. Instead of stone. Now we and get they some talk. Ice titties. Right. What animal is the lower half of these bodies? I've never it's seen like those... claws like that. I don't know. It's like those dog monster things from Ghostbusters. You just <laughs> a tray just climbs up this thing and just starts sucking on the titty. <laughs> They're like, Jesus Christ, yeah. dude. I don't think like Fantasia is a very like sexual place. That's why they can have like titties like on display because <laughs> everyone is just like asexual. It's such a strange thing because you'd think Bastion would be all about horniness at that age and he doesn't he seems like he's never even considered it yeah i don't know i mean part of me does see it was pre-hormones in the milk yeah that's true (laughs) kids were taking longer to develop i I mean i love to make fun of bastion but it's it's like god was i such a bastion like just such no i mean i mean obviously we're making light of it and it's supposed to be we're just joking around i mean it's fine that this is so innocent i mean (laughs) god knows why they would need to <laughs> include sexuality in Fantasia or in the Neverending Story. It would be kind of fucked up. Right. So, yeah, so this was always one of those things where I, I wasn't clear if, like, we were supposed to take it that the nothing was kind of getting to the Southern Oracle, or is this just maybe Atreyu was the only person to ever speak to it, and this is what happens after it gives its advice? I don't know. So now he's calling Falcor 
Yeah, and it's like, well, is Falcor just going to come pick him up? Because that kind of – and we have a cut. We don't know. Yeah. It cuts to him just riding on Falcor again above the clouds. Yeah, like, obviously the effects of having the Falcor in that shot are kind of weird, but these, like <laughs> – This is, like, stock footage from, like, an airplane I don't or know, man. A $27 million budget. I think yeah. they might have went up there and filmed this stuff wow, themselves. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. I there mean, was, who knows, yeah. but – there was some definite, like, aggressive filmmaking going on. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking Wolfgang Peterson. That's right. 84. Come a, on. A man who just wanted to make epics. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how he got the job to do this, like and he, how they landed on him. I mean, I guess it's a so German production, so. I guess we should point out that the whole thing that the Southern Oracle told him, which w- was the way to save Fantasia, is you have to get this earthling or no not earthling i don't know human human boy yeah human boy to give the empress a name and he's like that's it give her a name yeah that stinks right so they're now trying to go to the boundaries of fantasia to go find this human yeah how fast is this dog because i mean they well are going yeah over all i mean i'm sure you told them to like hit the jets and like speed it up yeah, you're probably right that a lot of this is stock footage because I doubt they flew everywhere to film this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it was now like that I'm looking at it, I'm like, like, why would they have gone to the mountains? Going all over the world. But who knows where shots? this came from, though? It's, yeah. You know, I, I guess they made, like, Planet Earth-style things yeah. in the 80s. Planet Earth-style things? <laughs> well, what the fuck else would you need to fly through all these mountains? Yeah, this was, shit? like, before... Terrence Malick started making movies like he makes now. Now this looks like the beginning of like The Shining or something. That's true. Right One there. of those other shots kind of reminded me of Jurassic Park when they're like flying to the island. What a shame they don't ask me. My mother had such a wonderful name. Which is kind of a weird thing to think about your mom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean... And it's also weird that you would be saying that out loud to yourself. While standing, like climbing up to a window <laughs> in this attic and looking out at like a total does it? It idiot. looks light outside now, right? Yeah. Wasn't he just looking out at like blue skies? That's Was it never night? Did it just rain and become I don't light know. again? I you would think that it's night by now. Well, now it's pouring. It, I was actually wondering if it wasn't already like the wee hours, like starting to light up. You know, five a.m. It could or be. Something. Yeah. So it's like a perfect storm now. Atreyu gets thrown from Falcor. Just sort of lands on some fucking weird beach. It's kind of like the beginning of Inception. <laughs> <laughs> like he just wakes up, sees the rock biter dude who's now all old and has like a weird gray beard. Well, now look at it outside. <laughs> yeah, I mean, weather in Vancouver. Well, they never really specify in the movie where he's yeah i know but when i was watching the second one it looked like noticeably when his dad is like going around town he is like there's actually like signs indicating that he's in vancouver Hmm. so i'm gonna make the decision that that's where they are okay that's canon (laughs) (laughs) wait so he's got to blow all this dust off the book now See what I mean, though? This is kind of like the beginning of Inception. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's going to get taken into some Asian guy now. Yeah, the rock biter is going to be like, when we were both young men. (laughs) (laughs) 
Bruce is like, you're waiting for a train. (laughs) (laughs) This is very... There's some similarities to Inception beyond just the visual aspect of this one scene. Oh, I agree, yeah. You get into that whole thing about what's real, what's a dream. (laughs) That's true. Bastion is the dreamer. Oh, there's some footprints that looks like maybe Gamork. I think so, yeah. So one of the things that always creeped me out about this movie as a kid is coming up soon, and I, I don't really get it. I'll, I'll point it out when we get there. It's after this whole sequence with the Rockbiter, which is just so somber. Like, the Rockbiter dude is just like, they looked like big, strong hands. Because he was, like, <laughs> trying to hold on. Like, yeah. the nothing came, and he was trying to hold on to the dude with his racing snail and the Nighthawk and even, like, his sleepy bat. Like, he's trying to hold on to him with his hands, and they got sucked away into the nothing, and he's just, like, left to, yeah. like, dwell on it. Oh, I think that's this right now. He yeah, right. Foot. Yep. And it, 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 it's just something that the rock player is just never going to recover from. I mean. Well, don't they reappear at the very end? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Bastion <laughs> has to rebuild Fantasia. But, you know, as of right now, it's like, I see, you know. So this is kind of, you know, another, another in a long run of sad moments yeah now this would have been the same year as wrestlemania (laughs) the first one okay uh this rock monster guy kind of reminds me of andre the giant a little bit yeah talks right (laughs) and the 80s were just a better time yeah Yeah, there's a lot of potentially depressing moments in this movie. And I don't know. I do feel like there's something. I can't find my luck dragon. <laughs> it's something I've said plenty of times. That is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was, what I was going to say was I, I do think there is something to having kids deal with more difficult entertainment. Not everything is so happy-go-lucky easy well what happened was like the first wave of people who watched these movies like when there was like i don't know in 84 or something like let's say a little bit a a kid that was like maybe a little bit too old to watch this like 14 15 you know Mm -hmm. they started to have kids and they were just because they were like the first people that was like why did we always have movies like this this is fucked up and then they you know that's what started the whole uh like particip- participation trophy era you know <laughs> like they were just like i need my kid to be happy all the time well yeah i mean i guess there's like a whole multitude of factors that lead to things like that so uh this is that part that i was talking about though he just starts like coming across all, the, all these like pictures all these like murals of him like the whole time and when i was a kid because at the end of this he sees gamork and i'm like did Gamork paint all these? Is the the wolf like this amazing painter? But it's like all the scenes throughout the movie. And it kind of, I feel like this inspired that scene. And I know what you did last summer where she goes onto the boat and he has pictures of them throughout the whole movie, like implying that like he was watching them the whole time. 
I, I, this I is... don't think Gamork made these. No. <laughs> That's that's an idea I think that the I idea is that it's a never-ending story, meaning everything just repeats. Oh no, I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to say. That with could this be scene, it, actually. yeah. And I mean, it seems ancient. Right, it doesn't seem like it's new stuff, but but it's all exactly as Atreyu has done. Yeah, that's weird. I don't think I really even remembered that. Yeah, it, it always kind of like was unsettling for me, and then it just brings us to where we are now with Gamork. Yeah. So this is like his whole spiel. And it, he seems like wounded or something here. Like weak. He, yeah. yeah. He's like, don't come any closer. The wolf also you. seems very cross-eyed. Yeah. Or stoned. Right. I don't uh, know what's going on with those eyes. Yeah. Speaking of like, I was standing outside work the other day and like some dude wearing like a giant eagle, like fleece. Nice. I like, I think he worked a giant eagle, but like, right. He just started saying, like, he started, like, saying shit to me from, like, far away. And I was, like, started to look away because I was, like, I-, I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and then he comes, like, right up to me right in my face. And he's, like, hey, do you want to buy a Giant Eagle gift card for $25? And I was, like, no, I'm good. And then he's, like, yeah, I bet you are, you disrespectful motherfucker. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, started saying all this crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then like started walking away and was like still saying shit back to me but then event he must have been like saying shit to like a bunch of people because eventually like the security guard from the building like came out and i was like are you looking for that guy down there and he was like yep and i was like all right <laughs> <laughs> he must have been like on crack or something it was crazy <laughs> so that was like my atreyu gamork moment okay <laughs> so, so yeah it looks like the nothing is showing up Atreyu's talking to Gamork. Gamork's like, you dumb motherfucker. There are no boundaries in Fantasia. Fantasia's like a dream world. So he's like laying it all out for him. Yeah, he, he's like, none of this is real, you but, dipshit. But basically, Gamork <laughs> is sort of indicating that like he works for not even just the nothing, but like there's this other dark force. Because he's implying that like if people don't have like dreams and hopes, they're like more easily controllable. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like implying this whole other idea that he like works for like this other force that's like not even. the dream police. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I, I was always wondering, though, was he having some sort of thoughts like, oh, I, I don't know. Maybe this would be more interesting if at the last minute here, Gamork realized that he would be destroyed, too, by the nothing. Yeah, I, I don't know. That kind of thing. <laughs> you know, where the right-hand man of the villain realizes See, a, they would be a victim as well. Right. That's true. Yeah, and he is, like, a little bit depressed about it. And it's also like, you know, I've been this great killer. You have, like, the privilege of being my last great kill. But, like, you know, I've really been kind of bummed since I didn't... Like, that's the thing. Even Gamor kind of dealing with depression a little bit. Like, <laughs> he, he missed his kill. And he kind of is, like, putting that out there to Atreyu. And Atreyu's like... I'm a Treyu. <laughs> <laughs> they have like a lot of weird kind of looks that they're giving each other. So yeah, here it is. So Atreyu's like, who are you really? And Gamork is like, you know. Of the power behind the nothing. Who is the power behind the nothing? That we don't is know. Is it adults? It, yeah, it's. Is it growing up? It's Donald Trump, I think. <laughs> is it Twitter? Right. 
No, I do think that the basic idea is like growing up and not using your imagination. Yeah. That kind of thing. Right. Trey's like, come on, get a taste. Yeah. So in one of the best fight sequences ever on film, <laughs> we see a giant puppet right. <laughs> leap out of a wall and then that's and then it. And lightning goes by and then it's just like we see that Atreyu was able to stab him. How would did this movie spend twenty seven million right. and that's what they have as that's the wolf. like the big climax. That wolf that wolf looks fat as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Needs to do some workouts. So I guess the Orin fell off of Atreyu during that whole uh sequence yeah. where he was falling. So Falcor that's the good thing about a luck dragon. Like Falcor's like I'm gonna go get the Orin too and then save Atreyu. Yeah. Doing all the work, really. Yeah. He uses his mouth the somehow. Truth. <laughs> that does seem like it would be difficult. Also, I do like that Falcor can breathe underwater. <laughs> well, he's a luck dragon. That's true. So, so he killed Gamork, but the nothing is still approaching. Yeah. And sweeping away. And it, I guess even though we here. just went through this like crazy sequence of them covering like so much ground mm-hmm. with all that stock footage, only five minutes has passed, but it seems like this is the last of it. Like, the nothing is... The, yeah, the nothing I, is ramped up. Yeah, this is... I think we're supposed to take it, based on what happens after this scene, that this is the last of Fantasia right here. Just, you know, this tree that he's <laughs> holding on to and flying <laughs> off of. Because once Falcor gets him, then they're just, like, in space. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, no breathing apparatus needed for a Treyu or anything well, like that. He's not actually a human. That's true. I mean, I can buy Falcor. Uh, obviously, he's a luck dragon, but I still feel like you need oxygen <laughs> that in Fantasia. Like the same exact shot they used earlier right. in the movie. Well, you know. So this is kind of drawn out a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the giant paw things coming in from off screen. Yeah. So Bastion. I'm surprised Bastion isn't weeping. At the last second, Falcor saved him. So now we're just in space. This is kind of like. Um, in the empire strikes back when they're like flying through the meteor field yeah and they're like there's nothing out here the nothing destroyed everything <laughs> trey is just passed out on falcor yeah he has to cut falcor open and crawl inside of him i would be like so cold. holding up i mean Atreus is like a little bit loose in this whole thing i would be like holding on to falcor like so tight you know what I mean? I mean, if you fall off here. Well, if you fall off here, you're not going to fall anywhere. You're well, just going to float. I guess, yeah. <laughs> like those rocks. So There's no gravity. That's a good point. But, I mean, like in the movie Gravity, when George Clooney just goes, like, floating away. Well, yeah. You would start f- moving away, and you wouldn't really be able to control yourself. But somehow, Falcor is, so yeah, you would well, assume he again, would just come get you. That's the thing. It's like the Force in Star Wars. Like, with... With Falcor, you can kind of just be like, well, the luck dragon, you know? Yeah. So now he's looking for the ivory tower. He's using the snake thing, the Auron or whatever. It's working to everyone's oh. surprise. <laughs> There's just a an ivory tower on a rock in space. <laughs> right. The ivory tower does look pretty cool, I think. Oh, I hate Bastion so much. <laughs> I just hate him. Just the worst moments of the movie. He needs to be punched in the face right. repeatedly. 
So they end up going like back to this. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, that looks terrible. Yeah. They go like back to the top of the ivory tower, which is kind of where Atreyu. That's where we first met Atreyu. Uh, none of those other people there anymore. Do you think like people live in this tower besides the Empress? Is she the only one here? I mean, I assumed that that guy who was telling us all about the Empress being sick at the beginning of the movie, I thought he lived here, but... Or is this kind of like the White House of Fantasia? I couldn't tell you. And what sort of political structure are they using in Fantasia? Was she elected Empress? (laughs) I don't know. It doesn't really seem like you would elect an an Empress. All I could think of was that the last emperor movie or whatever. Yeah. You know, with like just this crazy, like child. Yeah. I mean, I think that she had parents that died and they were like, her father was probably emperor. Yeah. And they didn't have a son or maybe they don't go by the gender thing. She's just the oldest or whatever. What if the emperor is Is that a scar? Yeah. I mean, he was, he was just in a battle with a killer wolf. Looks like it might be infected. He might need to get that cleaned up. Yeah, maybe they should rub some Neosporin on it or something at least. That'd be funny if the Empress came out and saw Falcor there and just freaked out. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> get it out of here. <laughs> this abomination. <sighs> what if, like, we got all the way here and, like, the Empress turned out to be, like, Joffrey from Game of Thrones, like, as far as, like, how she acts and stuff? <laughs> She's just like, bring me his head. And they just like behead Atreyu here. Now, the Empress is pretty weepy, too. She kind of talks like that woman from Poltergeist that comes in and saves the day. You mean uh, Zelda? Yeah. Oh, really? I feel like she talks like her a little bit. Maybe not. She talks like really slow. Right. Like they're like, oh, she's so sick. Well, what was she, she but sick with? She has kind of like a high voice. The Empress has AIDS. <laughs> like, I don't, what is she sick with here? Well, I don't know. I guess she's just sick because her world is dying, you know? And this is where they're ta- talking about Bastion. He's reading them talking yeah. about him. Oh, she does say Earthling. Yeah. It's just an eternity for her to get a sentence out. I know. It's just like, <laughs> and it takes them so long to get to the point here. Like, she could have just been like, Atreyu, you're here. You brought Bastion. He needs to give me a name. He's like, you bitch. My <laughs> horse drowned. Uh, all Bastion, you already knew. You just start <laughs> slapping her over and over. <laughs> what did I go through all this for? Yeah, that's the thing about Fantasia. It's definitely okay to hit women. Yeah. So he just starts beating her up, and everyone has to deal with it. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's obviously it's not a great thing, but I think that they haven't really lived with, like, gender roles. It's been very gender neutral in Fantasia, so, like, that just wouldn't, like, register with anyone as being, like, a big deal. <laughs> this is for my horse, you bitch! <laughs> So like, <laughs> Bastion actually right there maybe, for the first time representing how the audience feels where he's just like what? <laughs> yeah, because you're watching this and you're like, man, this ending, what is yeah. happening? I mean, it doesn't seem like the Empress is living a great life up in this tower. Well, she's sick and now she's not gonna be sick. I, I know, know, but what does she eat? I'm not seeing anything. 
So are we are you supposed to take it that this keeps <laughs> repeating? That like Fantasia keeps getting created and then destroyed? Yeah, with every new person Reader? that reads it. Well, I would imagine. But that's the thing. Like now she's referencing the stuff that happened yeah, before you I even mean, said. It, <laughs> it is impossible. Yeah, Bastion. I mean Bastion is right. He's got a good point. I mean, I don't yeah, see I mean, how this could a, ever it's, happen. <laughs> it's it's kind of this interesting thing because they are setting up a movie that takes place in the real world and within the real world the character has a fantasy world which is, exists in the book. Right. And the movie is the fantasy from the book, but then they start to slide that fantasy into the real world. So the whole movie becomes supernatural and fantasy out of nowhere. Right. Well, and then that's, you know, they drive that even further at the very end of the movie when Falcor is in the real world. Yeah. Now, this actress playing the Empress, her name is Tammy Stronin or something like that. And she that. really was in, like, nothing else besides this until recently. By the way, Bastion, recently. still not getting it. Is it really me? <laughs> oh, yeah. this is, I've always thought this part was so weird. Like, even when I was watching this as a kid, I was like, how she's just, like, imploring Bastion to give her a name. There just seems something so off-putting about it. Bastion, just give me a name. <laughs> Atreyu now just, like, can't handle some cracks in the building. I love how Bastion is acting as if the events taking place in Fantasia are unstoppable. Meaning, like, if he didn't just stop reading, like, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> well, well, he, like, why don't you just rip the last few pages out? <laughs> and flush them down the toilet. But here we go. Now we're breaking the fourth wall. She's speaking to Bastion directly. Yeah, this Give is it's creepy. Like, she's speaking into the camera. And, like, she's, like, teary-eyed. Tears welling up in right, her eyes. yeah. <laughs> and Boy. he's talking but I must keep my feet on the ground because at the that's the thing yeah, at the his beginning his dad that. was like you got to get over this Yeah, this is like upsetting right. seeing her like- I know that's what I'm t- <laughs> I must I know this really like disturbed me as a child He's like I have to keep my feet on the ground it's like dude you just spent oh, the last 48 hours in an attic So the name is and this is a big reveal for me <laughs> delay Moonchild so I guess it's not his mom's name. Unless that was his mom's name. I'm thinking it was his mom's name. The reason I say that is because there would never be a woman named Moonchild. <laughs> Before celebrities started naming their kids, <laughs> like know. I mean, all the sorts 60s of weird things. Were weird. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, I think once we wrap this up, maybe we can we look can into, look it, into a it a little yeah. bit and see what that all means. Follow up on the I next episode. <laughs> I wonder if there's anybody listening to this right now. No. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say something else, and then I was just letting that sit there. <laughs> I wonder if there's anybody listening to this right now who already knew that it was Moonchild. You know what I mean? I, I'm going to say no. I, I don't think so. Because, that, yeah, that was a new information for both of us. I now there's pers- a scene between Bastion and the Empress here. But that's how uninterested I've been. For a movie that I've seen so many times, I've never taken the time to look up what he actually says there. So she's basically explaining to him that Fantasia exists in him and he can return to it. Right. Well, yeah, and he can start, like, rebuilding it. Like, all he has to do is, like, uh, you know, start wishing things to happen, basically. 
Here you go. One grain of sand. It all starts there. I'm telling you, from this angle, this is like what I looked like at like 10 years old. <laughs> Just disturbing. I think most guys probably did. <laughs> we all looked the same. Just a like, stupid haircut. Yeah. <laughs> stupid look on my face. <laughs> Some girl is talking to you and you're just blowing right. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, man, Batchin, I was into you. You saved me and gave me a name and now you're really blowing it because you're <laughs> such a douche. Yeah, when I was this age, like uh, a girl from school, like call my uh, parents' house or whatever. And I just, my mom would be like, there's a girl on the phone for you. I'd be like, tell her I'm not home. You'd like hide under the yeah. bed. <laughs> She's like, Bastion, I was interested, but it smells like you shit your pants. He's like, well, I've been in the attic for two days. Yeah. Just And by the way, I was in a dumpster earlier today. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you live in the dumpster. <laughs> so now so Bastion is riding Falcor. I guess, like, the way they play it, it's like, this is his first wish, is to, like, ride Falcor. But it's like, well, it can't be, because this is Fantasia. So... Oh, Look, here's the rock, rock biter back, back in the mix along with his little friends. Yeah, snail guy, nighthawk, back that bat that sleeps all the time. He waves. At yeah, yeah, the ending is kind of infuriating. <laughs> now, Atreyu, Artax is back, so everyone's happy so basically there were no stakes in this movie no everybody that died is now alive <laughs> he wa he goes by waves to gamork who's like painting a yeah, mural there was like some german forest or something that he's like running through right there <laughs> yeah he's like you're never gonna believe it falcor but my next wish <laughs> <laughs> is for us to make love <laughs> <laughs> it's like i had an idea for like me and the empress it just so happens that the person that reads the never-ending story is like a total creep. This was kind of a funny part when I was rewatching this because it never like hit me before. But like they showed those kids, and there's like a car behind them like beeping at them, and then it just drives away the other way. It's like, yeah, no kidding. These kids are just walking down the middle of the street. <laughs> <laughs> the one bully had like a Rolling Stones pin on his jacket or something. It was like you know the lips with the tongue or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one. So now everybody can see Falcor because he's driving or you're flying in the middle of the street. So I was thinking that this kind of like gets people thinking, you know, gets people's imaginations going again. This kind of helps rebuild Fantasia. Yeah. Having yeah, like mean, a Falcor thinking too much into it <laughs> appear in the real world. I think they just wanted to have like a funny little thing here. Yeah. So the bullies run and jump into the same dumpster right. that they put. <laughs> the dumpster full of hay, as we'll see again when these kids get out of it. I love that even Watch. Falcor is laughing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not like, uh, I, yeah, okay, sure, put me in the dumpster. There's just hay in there. Yeah, Falcor's like, you know, I've been involved in a lot of sweet adventures, but getting those kids to jump into a dumpster was one of the highlights of my life. He was like, that was really beneath me. <laughs> it kind of made me think less of Sebastian or Bastion, I guess. So that'll do it. We are now at the closing credits of Wolfgang Peterson film. We made it. I mean, I feel like there was only like, uh, you know, 
a couple of really bad pauses. I feel like we had some stuff to say through most of it, right? <laughs> I think for some of the people listening, the pauses were that definitely the not the worst yeah. parts. <laughs> <laughs> so, as a reminder to everyone, follow the show on Twitter at GreatestPod. Subscribe on iTunes. Keep listening. I mean, it's good to, you know, however many times I say we'll never do that again, there's always a chance it can happen again, as proven by this episode. Yeah, who knows? I don't think this went great, but you know that hasn't <laughs> stopped sure, us. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll circle back and tackle audio commentaries one more time. Why not? <laughs> Nothing's ever off the table. No, no. So I guess that'll do it, uh, unless we have anything else. I here think to... no. I think that should probably do it. All right. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. One time I clogged my best friend's toilet by flushing her terrible tuna casserole.
Later, it seemed like that was one of the things that led to her divorcing her husband and then eventually to his murder.